Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 11 of the Audible Farm Podcast. I am your host. My name is Peter Stockdale. This week, I sit down with Clint Riedel of the Blue Ribbon Ramblers. He plays guitar. He songwrites. He also has a bunch of percussive stuff around him that he likes to uh, play on. I mean, we're talking uh, Cajon. He's got uh, some little maraca-type things and whatever. Uh, He's got all sorts of goodies. He's a real interesting guy. I'd never met him before. Uh, The bassist of the Blue Ribbon Ramblers got a hold of me on Facebook, and we had talked about doing a podcast with somebody, and we decided to do one with Clint because we figured it would, uh, I guess, benefit everybody the most. Clint does a lot of the writing for the band, so I guess it would work out best for him and kind of promote the band the best. And uh, I'd never met Clint before, and I sat down with him, and we had a nice conversation about, I mean, all sorts of good stuff. You're going to have to sit down and listen to it yourself, but, I mean, we go through playing at uh, local and live bars. We talk about how he got his start. We talk about some of his influences, some of the stuff he plays, you know, the people he found while he was playing, all sorts of good stuff. I mean, he's a real interesting guy. It was a it was a great conversation for actually never having met him before ever, and only contacting him a couple times through text message uh, before the conversation. And uh, you know, thanks to Clint, he invited me into his home to do the podcast. So thank you for that very much. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. This uh, once again is episode number eleven. Clint Riedel of the Blue Ribbon Ramblers. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. How you doing today, man? Doing well. Thanks for coming. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm glad to be here. I'm sitting down with Clint Riedel. I got it right. Hey, hey. Uh, Clint Riedel. Uh, Blue Ribbon Ramblers, you are the main songwriter i assume of the band yeah i'm uh kind of the founding one of the founding members me and my brother from a different mother caleb ferry mm-hmm. uh my drummer he's the other half at first and then i found a couple more talented cats and here we are who, who else you got in the band like how, how did it all start out originally um well i was playing a gig i was hanging out with this dude <laughs> he kind of played like new country or whatever his name was bo bonner nice yeah. kid hello bo <laughs> and um I got a gig at Patty's in Fort Dodge there, and Gina, the owner, was like, hey, there's a drummer in here, because at the time I was just using my feet on a kick drum and a tambourine, playing the guitar and harmonica, and she's like, we got a drummer in here, so Caleb walks up, and he's like, hey, man, I'm Caleb Ferry. I'm like, right on, so you want to drum a little? He's like, sure. So he sat down and drummed, and I was like, whoa, this is this is awesome. That's cool, man. And then, like, I didn't see him for months. And then I went into the coffee shop there because he manages the coffee shop, Central Perk. Oh, cool. In Fort Dodge. Yep. And uh, and I was like, you're that dude. He's like, you're that guy. Yeah. And I was like, man, we should get together. Like, I've got this gig coming up at uh, Amigos, I think it was. And he's like, all right, cool. I'll be there. And ever since then, we just uh, we just started going. So uh, that gig at Amigos, you you had originally just booked it to be yeah, just a solo just a show. solo gig, yep. and you showed up with another guy. So that's that's always pretty cool to have that happen too. Yeah, we we were going by uh, those two wolves because that old Indian like where Grandpa's like, I've got two wolves inside of me fighting constantly, and the grandson's like, 
well, which one wins? And he's like, the one I feed. And I'm like, oh, yeah, man, duality. So, oh, yeah, that totally makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, I actually kind of like that. Yeah. And I then, don't, I've never heard that before. Then we picked up, like, uh, I think we picked up Jordan Reuter first, uh, lead guitarist. Yep. Uh, where'd you end up finding him at? <laughs> he found us. I was, uh, um, I host a jam every Tuesday in Barnum, Iowa. Nice. And in comes this kid, just crazy-eyed and ready to play, and phenomenal great voice and everything else and he walks into the coffee shop the next day and he's like i want to do what you guys are doing and caleb ferry's like what <laughs> and he's like i want to play with you guys it's like all right man come on so ever yeah. since then i mean that's pretty cool uh, just to have a guy show up and and show you what he's all about did he like just rip out some licks there or did you just kind of feel him out after that or he just kind of followed along like i i'm just a three chords in the truth kind of dude so yeah. like i'm not hard to follow but he was just making everything I did sound incredible. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, you got to come along. And that's that's kind of the beauty of it, because sometimes it, that's just what it takes. is not necessarily somebody that'll shred it up and make it sound super complicated, but just add just enough spice to it to make it sound really yeah, nice, you know? Exactly. And then, like, uh, my bass player, Brad Hofing, he, uh, he's, like, he's a sound he's a sound dude. Like, he's talking decibels and hertz and stuff. Like, he's getting oh, into yeah. it, and he's he's also one of those, like, I kind of like I'm here to make everything in the band sound better he's like I don't need to show off and I'm like yeah because we're not a show-off band yeah, at all like yeah. we get rowdy but we're not like classically trained by any means yeah I mean I totally get that uh, uh I mean some bands there seems like there's a like technical guy in every band that does that kind of work that oh. helps everybody out with their sound or he's For like sure. he knows everything about the gear where it's like my something something doesn't work and he's like i got another cable for that you know yeah otherwise it would be like you know because we just fish out of water i remember when i started i had like a fender acoustic it was two channel so i could uh plug in my guitar and my vocal and that was what we played off of caleb yeah. hit a suitcase drum kit and that's how it went and it was yeah. And at the second, like, we met Brad, it's like, okay, well, you know, this is the kind of equipment that you should be using for this and this. And now we've got more equipment than God. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, just feels like a longer night at the end. Yeah. I mean, like, the setup and teardown does kind of wear on somebody if you have uh, the extra gear. But sometimes it's totally worth it, though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, n now, just recently, we've got our own lights. So it's like, we look like we know what we're doing up here. But now we have to set up and tear down lights. So Yeah. I mean... Lights add so much. Like, uh, I'm in a punk band down in Des Moines, and oh, we just nice. and we just we like we added up uh, some Amazon lights, just some like ten dollar lighting rigs. Yep. And you throw a couple of those together, and it's just like, well, this uh, looks amazing now compared yeah. to what it used to oh, look like. Oh, for real? Because now it's like, oh man. So uh, people look where all the pretty shiny moving lights are. You know, exactly. who'd have thought? You know, exactly. we were just shadows in the corner. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's pretty funny. Like most places don't have much. I mean, much for lights, and that's nothing against venues, because, yeah. like, what are they going to do, like, set up a giant lighting rig for somebody to come in on exactly. whatever day and play a jammy jam? And when you're just struggling along, it's like you're playing every little bar there is, and it's, you know, yeah, it's a rarity to have, you know, they don't have to move the pool table so you can set up, but... So what kind of bars do you guys play in? I mean, you guys get a lot of work, uh, you yeah. specifically, I mean, even as a, a solo act yeah, of sorts. everywhere. Um, we just got done... We were up in Sherburne, Minnesota on Saturday. Oh, sweet. And uh, we, so basically, like, I started busking a little bit last uh, Thanksgiving. I went down to Oklahoma to visit a buddy. And so I guess I could say I played in Oklahoma to Minnesota. 
and then just anywhere that'll have me in between. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Uh, you do the jam every every week here. Every Tuesday. Yeah. It's, it's starting to wear on my soul. It's been two and a half years, but uh, shout out to the Dillons because they made this all happen. They're uh, my landlord and, you know, my second family and everything. The bar owner, just great people all around. Like, how did all that start out? Like, how did you end up uh, with uh, the gig as the guy kind of <laughs> running a jam night? I'm fighting my cat. You guys can't see it, but <laughs> Goody Two Shoes is trying to rip my leg apart. Um, well, I was playing a gig in Gilmore City, and this dude comes rolling in on his motorcycle, and he's like, "Hey, I got a bar in Barnum. You should come check it out." And I was like, "All right." So, rode on down there, and next thing you know, he's like, "Yeah, come play." So I played and got to know the bartender pretty good, and uh, the kid who manages it, Ashton Dillon. Yeah, go for it. Hey, asshole. How you doing, buddy? And then, yeah. uh, so, yeah, uh, we just worked out an agreement where we're in my little scale house right now. And uh, they were like, hey, if you want to run an open mic or jam, you know, if people come, like, we'll have ribs. If there's music, awesome. If not, like, you got to play for three hours. And I'm like, okay. That's pretty, so, pretty sweet, though. <laughs> yeah, they give me this house, and all I got to do is play a Tuesday jam. Well, that's not terrible. Yeah. That's a pretty good deal, actually, that's, man. That's <laughs> like a folk musician's dream. No kidding. So you've been doing this for like two and a half years. Uh, what kind of songs do you like to play up there? Uh, a little bit of everything. Like, you have to learn just to, you know, keep it fresh after two and a half years, but uh, I really just like writing a new song and testing it on them. It's like the yeah. perfect lithmus, just like... Exactly. Okay, so what do you guys think? You know, because, you know, not to put any bush light drinkers down, but there's a lot of bush light drinkers up there. And, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, if I can win their hearts and get them to listen and dance and laugh, then... And you got the rest of Iowa for that, at least, yeah, you know? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, they're perfect lithmus tests. Oh, man. So, uh... What kind of music do you th- would you call what you play? It's folk. Yeah. I, um, uh, Brad likes to call it aggressive folk. I just like kind of outlaw folk. You know, it's um, Americana. Just there's stories. I want to be John Prine when I get old. Yeah. I uh, On the way over to the podcast here, I was actually listening to one of your guys' tunes on SoundCloud. And uh, I'll put a link to your band, oh, SoundCloud, sweet. on the description here. But uh, it was playing cribbage with... My father and Jesus. Uh, Jesus and dad. Jesus yep. and dad. You bet. That song was actually really good. Uh, you went through the majority of your family in the song and uh, talked about how, what was it, your mom was going to be stealing knobs. Oh, yeah. She was ruthless, you playing, know. Playing cribbage with uh, Jesus and dad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of an orphan, which uh, which is nice in the respect, like, you don't got to worry about who reads your name in the paper anymore, you know? But, yeah. But uh, mom and dad passed away. Grandparents are gone. But... Uh, Christmas time rolled around, and I'm a dirty folk musician, so I just I just wrote a song because I couldn't buy them all presents. Well, that's, that's a heck of a that's a heck of a present, man. Like I, if I had the ability to do that, I'd be doing that every year for my family. You know, I, man? Know. I mean, that's. that's uh, I that's did legit. have the I had the honor. Like my grandpa passed away this summer, and they they approached me. They're like, "Would you play that there?" And I was like, "Whoa, all right, I'll I'll try and get through that." And it was it was pretty badass because. Like my grandma, just tiny little old Selma, just sitting there, and that's all I had to look at, and I made it through. Yeah. Yep. Oh man, that'd be tough to make it through without choking up oh, playing, yeah. that, playing that song for sure. 
So uh, you got the Blue Ribbon Ramblers is the band name, and you've got a handful of other dudes in the band uh, that actually play in other bands. We can give all those guys a shout out if you'd like. Oh sure, um, yeah. My my first brother from a different mother, uh, Caleb Ferry. He's a also he's a drummer for Brutal Republic and the Ashburys and. Oh, I got a song for him too. It's called Caleb's Song, and it lists like the bands he was in because he's like he started out a punk, you know. That's yeah, how, yep. That's how we got along right away because he's like, well, we have ninety percent of the same tattoos. Like saw the, you know, the Crimson Skull and everything else. It's like okay, we're gonna get along. Yep, yep. But uh, so uh, he was in the Dropouts and the Know It Alls, and man, he's just he's just a he's a stud. He yeah, can, he can a, drum for anybody. A long, long list, man. Yeah. Um, and he's been doing it forever. He's young, but he's, you know, already earned his chops. I, I feel like drummers are kind of hard to come by, so the ones that are around kind of have to make themselves uh, well-used and well-versed all at the same time, oh, you know? Oh, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, even if you go down to the Des Moines area, it seems like there's a lot of bands that are uh, seem to be looking for drummers, and I don't know, like why there's such a shortage of drummers but uh, well there's a lot of people who think they can i've come to realize running this jam because there's a in-house drum kit set up uh, yeah ashton asshole dylan likes to drum so uh he leaves his drum kit up and <laughs> never fails like drunk people really think they can drum oh man <laughs> it's it's kind of fun kind of comical and then at the same time kind of ear shattering yeah i've discussed it a couple times in the podcast but if you're gonna have me play anything like past acdc i'm not gonna do it so like like that's about all the better it's gonna get and don't hope for anything else oh if i can keep a beat i'm happy and it it blows me away i got some friends that are like why can't you dance like you you know you're using both feet strumming a guitar singing playing the harmonica and you you dancing is horrible it's an entirely different game you know uh, like that's why i can't drum either it's just an entirely different it game. Is, it is a different beast uh drumming is something completely different what's up cat oh yeah that's goody tissues yep i don't know <laughs> if it's picking up any of the audio from from the podcast i hope so that's awesome <laughs> she's like let me out i think she's n- i think she's pregnant oh no yeah i don't know or, or, or oh yes or she's just like i've seen her eat a rabbit like a anaconda just head first and go for it oh what's up now i got <laughs> now i got a buddy hanging out with me over here she She's like, would you just open the door, let me out? I want to go out there and see if I can really get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so who else we got in the, in the band so far? Uh, so Jordan Reuter, um, talented little kid. He a uh, um, hell of a singer-songwriter, too. He's got his own band, uh, 12th and Main. Yep. His, his buddy Cole, we call him Cole Miner. That's his drummer. And then, uh, let's see, I think that's the only band he's in. But he sits in with a whole lot of people. Yeah. And then uh, Brad Hofing, uh, my bass player, he doesn't really, uh, he doesn't really have a side gig. He's just, he's he's dedicated. Yeah, he's that sound guy, you know. Like, yeah. Like he's found his niche and he wants to stay there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting whapped in the face by a tail. That's awesome. It makes me wish I was doing video for the podcast. <laughs> this one would be awesome. <laughs> Brad was over here right before he showed up because I left all my gear in his van or in his Subaru. Yeah. And uh, I was like. So I wonder if Goody's gonna meow the whole time, and he goes, "Oh yeah, you know it." <laughs> so this is this is a scene. It's what's gonna happen, whether or not we like it, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, what got you started playing the guitar? Um, oh, that's a pretty good story too. Um, my buddy Hippie. Uh, yeah, we were the Wright County Ramblers, and then he took off, so I had to do a show on my own. And uh, well, he was also the guy who got me started because, 
long time ago he needed like a hundred dollars to get back home and i was living in clear lake iowa and he was like i need a hundred bucks man i can't i don't have enough gas there's just no way and i was like well i can't just give you a hundred dollars he's like here how about this guitar i was like i don't know how to play a guitar he's like yeah but really he's like that's about it and it was like one of those first acts like forty dollar guitars yeah it's like all right man hate to see you on the side of the road because you'll just you'll just go for it anyway yeah so uh had that guitar on the side, just hanging out in a room for a couple of years, and I was writing poems, and, you know, sit around long enough, you're going to figure something out, and then just put one of my poems behind it, and that just started it. It was like, okay, cool. I can kind of do this. Let's see if I can kind of do it a little better tomorrow. So you started without any training at all, pretty much? Nothing. I didn't even know, like, you were supposed to tune it every time. I'm like, oh, man, it sounded so good last time my friend played it, you know, because they knew to tune it. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Holy cow. It was like a year of just playing it and, like, hoping the E string was somewhat close. (laughs) I mean, I guess if you play everything on one string, it's not going to matter too much. Yeah, and it totally started out just like... It was... Yeah, I might have might as well been playing bass. <laughs> I mean, everybody's got to start somewhere. I yep, mean, for sure. I just I started way late in life. When did you start playing? Um, well, I've been playing in front of people for about four years, and before that, I think it was about three years of solid just sitting in the garage while still doing work. Like I had a tattoo parlor and worked in a factory, and yeah. you know, just all those things you got to do to get by in the world. And then, mm-hmm. then, um, yeah, just. Oh, yeah, that's a good story, too. So uh, <laughs> Let's hear it. Um, I got home on my birthday. I was working at this t- tattoo parlor in Iowa Falls, and everything I owned was gone when I got home. I thought someone was going to throw me a surprise party, but uh, everything I owned was gone. Turns out my wife left me on my birthday, uh-huh. and uh, yeah. so I was like, okay, I can deal with this. Not a big deal. Well, and then um, Dad passed away. And then I was like, okay, life, you know, life still goes on. And then the divorce finalized. And then I opened a tattoo parlor. And then my mom passed away. And I was like, oh, man, what makes you happy? Because tomorrow is not guaranteed. And even if it does come, it's not going the way you want it to. So start doing what you want. Yeah. So I I just shut the tattoo doors and... Moved to Mallard, Iowa, and just started looking around for gigs, trying to sell artwork at the studio in Spencer, and just going for it. One-man show. Yeah. So you, you make, uh, like, physical art, too? Like, paintings yep. and stuff like that? Yep. Yep. Uh, a little bit of everything. I like pottery, but uh, I don't have a wheel or a kiln. Um, then it's just one of those hobbies that, you know, you need the space for. And you you uh, listeners out there can't tell, but this is a converted scale house. They used to drive the wagons over it, my driveway, and weigh them. So it, think of a scale house. Yeah, I actually got to park right on top of the scale, the old scale. So it's a, it's a kind of a neat house, though. I, I do I do dig it. It's the uh, it's super eclectic, uh, for sure. And I'm like, I'm super happy to be here. Like, uh, I'm glad you invited me over. Oh, of course, man. Thanks for coming. I'm gonna have to show you the bar after this, cause uh, like I say, Eric Dillon, my my friend, he uh, runs a custom hot rod and motorcycle shop over here. Oh, sweet! That's what all this huge thing is, and that's how it got the name the junkyard, cause the town's like, "What are you gonna do with your junkyard?" And he's like, "Oh man, that's my that's my yard. Like that's <laughs> where my projects are." He built some really cool shit, and uh, 
but yeah, he designed the bar as well. So when you go in there, you'll be like, oh, this totally has like a, a really eclectic vibe to it. So you, you've only been playing guitar, uh, let's just say like about seven years, yep. something, something like that. Basically. And I've been playing guitar, um, I guess if you want to count since I started probably about like 15 years. And I always think it's kind of funny that it doesn't matter how much or how long somebody's playing, but if they play the guitar at least with some sort of like fervency or emotion sure um you can i always feel like you can learn something from them and i mean our our styles are pretty different i play a lot of like blues punk and metal type stuff and you're kind of like on the folk area so like blues and folk aren't are too far off yeah but uh there's still like stuff that you play that i just i don't know exactly what's it's I hear stuff sometimes and I can figure out how to play it. Some stuff I hear and I'm like, I don't know how to attack, even trying to figure out what's going on here. Right and on. Uh, I, I, I do dig some of like the folk guitar stuff because it doesn't stick to, it does. It seems like it doesn't stick to traditional guitar so much. Yeah, um, like you don't have to adhere to the one, four, five and all that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like there's always, I mean... It's just like a regular G chord, a regular A chord, and a regular C chord. You know, as people just throwing together regular yep. chords. It's like, yeah, I guess it sounds okay, but it's... Uh, yeah, there's no room for flurry, but... Exactly. Um, I, I feel like your music has quite a bit of flavor, and I don't I don't know if it, if uh, the fact that you weren't uh, weren't trained um, as a... Oh, yeah. You know, like, went, you didn't go take lessons, you didn't go online and look up, like, well, these are all the chords, and I have to, I have to play these, because these are the only right way to yeah, play the exactly. thing. I think that's probably one of the beauties to uh, your playing style. Do you think, yeah, yeah or no? Or Yeah, it's, um, like, I pride myself on what I lack in talent, make up for an emotion, and then, um, as far as making a song my own, like, that, that's kind of how I started playing, too, and, like, uh, songwriting, because I had no idea how to play the songs I wanted to play, like, so badly wanted to play Red House, you know? But, yep, yep. You know, just the staples of like, oh, I got a guitar. I couldn't learn this at some point. And truth be told, I was just lazy about it. I found like three or six good chords and just like, okay, let's string these together to my own words. And uh, it's got to sound right because I wrote it. I mean, it's it's beautiful, man. I, I totally dig it. Uh, you play at jams here. Do you ever go to any other jams around and play? Oh, yeah. My buddy Jeremy Ober, uh, the lead for The Brain, the handsome devil in charge of Brutal Republic, my drummer's other band. Uh, he runs one over at Patty's Pub, and uh, they rock over there. Like, they shred. There's <laughs> talent. There's, like, this 14-year-old kid that just shows up and blows everyone's mind on the guitar. Like, yeah. Uh, I, uh... I've I've yet to make it to one of those. I actually go to I'm going back to school right now at Iowa Central. Oh, nice. And Jeremy's got uh some loose ties to Iowa Central. I don't know yep. if he went there, but he plays for their pit orchestra and things like that sometimes. I think I he offered some classes too because uh strange world, like we're all a small commune now, you know, since we're all just you yep. know like minded individuals gravitate and yep. uh, I think he was Jordan's instructor for like a semester. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, so just small world. Yeah, man, totally. I uh I still go there and hear about him sometimes, and people like even refer to him as like the guitar Jesus. Oh, he is because he, he looks like Jesus and he uh-huh. plays a guitar. So like I always thought that was kind of funny. Uh, I mean, shout out to Jeremy Ober. Oh, I, for sure. I, uh, I mean, his name is not one that's lost on the local scene at all either. So no, he's a very big fish in this pond. Yeah, you know? and I, uh, I've yet to have a podcast with him actually. I mean, oh hell, well maybe. Oh, this isn't live. I was going to say, if he's listening right now, then yeah, come on over, Jeremy. Yeah, I, w- I wish, but we'll, we'll get one in there for sure sometime. Nice. Um, 
so you go to some other jams and stuff like that. Like, what are some of your favorite bars to play at around the area? Um, we've hit about everything. Like, we've milked Central Iowa, you know? Yeah. Just, just really hit that beat. But um, Byron's over in Pomeroy is a really fun spot. I play, like, their singer-songwriter nights, but have yet to have my own show out there yet, Byron. So anytime you want me, let me know. It's I, just one of those iconic spots. I love going out. I, I went out there this last summer to see a band called Marbin. And they play uh, like gypsy jazz, I guess you could call it. But right they're, on. they're from Chicago. Uh, I really dig the music. I uh, went out there and it was my first time being out there, I think, ever. Huh. Because uh, you, know, I, you would remember something like that. Oh, I God, mean, yeah. And so I go out there and I'm like, holy cow, this, this is just a little hole in the wall. But everything here is awesome. I mean, it was so cool because like, there was a guy that showed up on a motorcycle and the motorcycle had Alaska oh, yeah, plates. Oh, a dog on the back. And he had a dog. Dog's name's Clyde. There you go. And... Clyde would never leave the block. I mean, it was like the craziest thing ever. I'd just sit in my car and this dog walks up and I'm like, oh, sweet dog. You just pet this dog and that's Clyde. And I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. Hey, Clyde, how's it going? They take that community living like serious over there. Like they do Sundays music. Like people who want to listen, you can come sit down. Like it's for like serious listeners. They'll shush you if you're talking. (laughs) You know, he's like, we don't care what you picked up under your fridge last night. So. So here's actually something to make it all full circle. I did see that Byron's was having a cribbage tournament coming up. I th- I think that's uh, I think it's at on this weekend, and this podcast will come out on Thursday. So I think I think it's if if you're listening to this, you might still have time to go plan going out to Byron's. I think it's on Saturday. I would take you. Oh, Saturday, bummer. Yeah. I won't be able to make it. If it was a Sunday, I'd come over and play cribbage. Oh man, uh, I totally would too. I've it's been a while since I've. Uh, played some cribbage uh me and a buddy of mine actually wanted to go to the state fair to play cribbage and i couldn't make it happen so he ended up going there and he said he just got trounced by old people <laughs> yeah they, they're like i've got 80 years on you kid yeah you know? it was vicious he said he d- just didn't win one and got skunked a couple times and it's like well that's no bueno dude <laughs> <laughs> maybe try the euchre tournament next yeah, time no kidding <laughs> which i love euchre too lived in michigan for a little while oh, really but, yeah. yeah i never played euchre Oh, it's basically pitch or 500, but you can drink all you want during it and still just like easy enough to follow along. Yeah. All right. It make, makes sense. So that's a big shout out to Byron. Uh, I, I love going out there. I definitely got to make another show out there. I uh, I mean, next time you're out there, let me know. I'll totally yeah. come out to that for sure. Oh, yeah, man. You bet. We all, we all meet up and do some dumb stuff all the time. Uh, Shiny Tap, we play there quite a bit in uh, Fort Dodge. Yeah. And so there's a live music scene every Thursday there, and I... I just love how everyone's like supporting live music, giving us like the space to play. Yeah, and, exactly. Because there's a lot of bands that are working around here. Like, there are, and I I feel like um, as long as your music's not offensive, you got a very good home to play your music in yep, uh, you around and, this area. And you just got to pick and choose because I got a potty mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, well, I mean, uh, generally speaking, like um, folk music's not uh, doesn't hurt your ears to listen yeah. to, you know. Um, and I I've I don't like to throw my own bands under the bus, but like metal and punk aren't everybody's favorite. Yeah. So you're probably not going to play a winery on a Saturday afternoon and play metal. Exactly. Like, yeah. You know, and it's 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 an unfortunate event because then I, then I don't get to have my bands come up here and play as much. But uh, what is the name of your band? Uh, I'm in a punk band called Three Finger Betty. Nice. And then I'm in a metal band. I just joined one. They've been around for a while. Their name is Unity, and uh, I don't know. They play around the Iowa area, and uh, right. we just kind of. I joined the band last year, and we just kind of reformed all together. And how many dudes? There's five in Unity, and there's four in Three Finger Betty, and we got the same drummer in both bands. So right on. Yeah, that's uh, 
Clint Blumker, so tip of the cap to Clint if he's listening to this one. You got a fine name, sir. Yeah, I love it. This is a Clint Riedel. Uh-huh. Got it right again. Uh-huh. Yeah, dang right I did. Oh, yeah. Um, like I was going to say before, like if you wanted to uh, use profanity, go for it. I label all these as explicit. Just, oh, just, fuck yes. The just, good, because I've been on edge. Like, don't say shit. No, don't say, say whatever you want. I label them all as, as uh, explicit just in case. But it's, you know, totally not like, it's not like a prerequisite to swear on this if you don't want to. Well, good. Then if uh, if you can hear this lighter, it is not marijuana. Uh, there you go. It's a very good, delicious camel cigarette. So you also play uh, f- like Fort Dodge a lot, or do you go? Did you ever get as far south as Des Moines much? Or? Uh, we tried Des Moines once. Um, we played lefties, and we were like... The third of oh man, some really good bands. I still got the poster hanging on the wall because it was such a good time. But it was like uh, oh nice Matthew James and Rust Belt Union and Carrie Nation and the Speakeasy. And yeah. then there was us and then uh, some other cat who played just an acoustic set. But uh, we didn't get paid, <laughs> so I walk up at the end of the night and I was like, oh, hey man, so uh, we're here for our cut and dude's like. Uh, which band are you again? And I was like, Blue Ribbon Ramblers. And me and it was just me and Caleb Ferry at the time. And I was like, fuck, dude, we this is like, we killed it. Like, even the other bands were like, wow, good job, kids. Because we were just a two piece and these guys yeah. a suitcase drum kit. Yeah. And like, these guys are intense, like rockabilly, you know, like lighting their bass on fire, the big stand up. Oh, jeez. Like, yeah. Like, they were throwing a show. And we were, Caleb and I were both like, holy cow, we fucking killed this. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, we get up, I get up to the owner and I was like, Hey man, just coming for our cut. And he's like, eh, there ain't no money, kid. It's like, Oh, I forgot about that. It's kind of a pay to play area down yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the places will do a bar cut. And um, the unfortunate part about that is if nobody comes in, uh, you don't, yeah, whether exactly. you split $14 between five bands and they're just yeah. like, Sorry. Like, yeah. And, mean, and we were bottom on the list. Well, we were second to bottom on the list. So I, I got it. But I was like, Oh, man. I'm, you know, I'm used to just like getting myself out there and being like, $200. See you next Saturday. You yep. know, carrying a calendar with me everywhere. And uh, I mean, that totally makes sense, too, though, because there is something to say for uh, valuing yourself properly to, mm-hmm. to do what you're supposed to be doing. Because, I mean, like, I do play a lot of the bar scene down there. And, and sometimes when there's a lot of people there, you get paid a lot. Yep. Sometimes when and, there's nobody there, you don't get paid much. And, and a lot of it's, uh, like, the exposure. Like, even if there aren't a lot of people there, there's going to be, you know, you're going to make at least five people happy. Exactly. And then they might tell the bar that they always go their local watering hole. And next thing you know, exactly. like, that's how we were playing in Minnesota. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, just a, I opened up for this reggae band, Nug. Hey, Nug. Oh, and, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, really good people, and then, like, got to meet other really good people, and they know bar owners, and next thing you know, like, me and my whole band are up there playing shows where I was just opening. Well, that's that's how you get it done, though, too, man. I mean, it, it does kind of suck to see that sometimes people end up playing places and not getting paid. But other times, like you said, it's it can they can have their silver lining. So yeah, it's, there's, for sure. There's definitely benefits of that, because the other end of that would be uh, the pay to play, which is you pay money to be, to even be on the show at all. Yep. And those usually have mass exposure. And yep. so there's, you can go even farther with that where like, you're not getting paid, but you get some exposure. Well, this one, you get a lot of exposure, but you have to pay us for it. Yep. And that seems to be a way that, uh, a lot of bigger shows are going in the state. And, and at, at the same time, it's like, I really, I admire anyone who's doing it because it's, it's a tough go. Like the worst part is lining up the gigs. You know, uh, getting yeah. there is a blast. You know, playing is even more fun. 
the teardown kind of sucks, but other than that. Yeah, I mean, driving home is really not that bad. Yeah. If, like, if you got something to listen to or someone to drive with, NPR, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. Put it on Blues Before Sunrise and just, you know, listen to it. You can listen to the Audible Farm podcast. Yeah, you, I, I, you can. <laughs> uh, sorry if I redlined on everybody there while I was doing that. No, that was perfect because I'm horrible at plugging everything. Like, you know, we get asked <laughs> to be like, hey, we're giving. <laughs> so we played over the Thanksgiving weekend. First time I've ever, like, it was a great idea though um tim buck brew and clary in iowa thank you guys uh sweet they were like hey man write what you're thankful for down in this box every hour we're gonna draw a name read it and then someone's winning a pumpkin pie i was like oh, i've never given away pumpkin pies so that's pretty awesome. yeah it worked out slick and then like to read somebody else's words it was nice it was like it was like church you know that is pretty sweet that's a. Uh that's one of the also like the awesome sense of community you get with playing at the small town bars. Uh, oh, for real. You get like you're not going to be able to get. I mean, it's nothing against bigger cities, but nobody's giving away pumpkin pies at bars <laughs> yeah. in downtown Des Moines. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not also not that anybody would take a pie at a downtown bar. <laughs> in, you know, Des Moines. It's just the way that it would work. You know. Yeah, it's like, oh, I wonder what this is laced with: razor blades or roofies. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> either way, probably yeah. probably not going to be something worth it. Yeah. But dude, that's that's pretty sweet though. Um, I guess I never would have thought to do something like that at a bar. But you got to, you got to be the guy that read out all yeah, the thank you notes. It was it was awesome. It was touching because yeah, like I said, I've I had a bunch of invites for like Thanksgiving, but I didn't have really anywhere to go. So it was just like, all right, microwave dinner it is. Drive my bug around and call it a day. Yeah. So that worked out well because the day before, like, I already celebrated. It was just with a whole bunch of random people in a brewery yeah uh so did you play that show on thanksgiving or was that thanksgiving eve uh thanksgiving eve and then friday we played in uh, my little hometown where i graduated from unfortunately not a lot of people showed up but the right people showed up it was a good time yeah where's that at um belmont iowa right off of uh, 69 yeah i uh i know abouts where that's at right on. yeah it's uh god bless him eric the owner i used to sling a lot of drinks for him I cooked and all that jazz, you know, all the all the fun stuff. And, yep. And I was like, "Hey, man, what do you think?" And he's just nice enough to hire me. You know, he's like, "Uh huh." I really don't give two shits about music, but come on up, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it a place that usually has music play? Or? Uh, I think they make more money with their food. You know, yeah. one of those spots. So, so it's a like a bar eatery or yeah, restaurant yeah. and lounge. But yeah, like they still it still get down. You know, like every every bar does around this time of year, but yeah do you ever uh there's gonna be i don't know why i have this question do you ever try to play like uh any covers live you oh, guys do oh, yeah we like, uh since we like we'll have to do a four-hour show every now and then and it's like yeah they do not want to hear four hours of my music and you know <laughs> it's, so we've got to do a little bit of everything we do uh <laughs> one of the funnest ones to do is uh 99 problems and a bitch ain't one yeah and then it's just fun to have that energy with the crowd after you get done playing Easy E's Give Me That Nut. <laughs> That's awesome. So, <laughs> so you bust some rap into it, oh, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, I guess if you want to think, it's all poetry, man. It is. It, so. is uh, it works out really slick because you look over the crowd and you see them start like, holy shit, he's singing Easy E Give Me That Nut right now. And then they know the words. They don't know that they know the words, yeah. but they've heard it. Yeah. So. That's funny. Um, what other kind of songs do you play? Like, um, uh, do, you, do you try to? I mean, like you traditionally play folk, but you play covers sometimes. And uh, 
rap, I guess, probably is not what you play entirely for covers. Oh, no. Not the entire time, but no. we, we do have a couple of rap melodies. But um, no, I like I like playing John Prine and Bob Dylan, um, yep. Johnny Cash. You know all the all the ones that you think would fit our style, and then yep. some that people have never heard of, but might go out and look them up because I'm pretty adamant about telling people who wrote what song I sing after every time I sing it. So, yeah, I mean, you got to so, give the credit where credit's due. Yeah, I don't want them thinking I wrote that beautiful piece, like uh, Shovels and Rope, we do some of them, and um, Langhorn Slim and The Law. There's just a bunch of these random bands that I don't think they'd be really familiar with, but I hope that those random bands don't mind us, you know, are plugging those, them and using them. Are those local bands, or are they... Uh, uh, they're, they're just the indie bands, uh, yeah. like... Shovels and Rope is uh, pretty freaking big now, but it's just like kind of like Byron's. If you if someone yeah. doesn't tell you about it, you probably aren't gonna hear about yeah. it. Yeah. Or if you don't listen to NPR, there's no way you're gonna come across this on you know the top forty. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you play like a pretty big mishmash of stuff. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, what do you think your favorite place you've played at? Ooh, let's see. Um, well, I could tell you the favorite show I ever had was. Uh, Caleb and I, when it was just the two of us, because Jordan got all drunk the night before and <laughs> could have swore that we were playing in Fort Dodge. Okay. <laughs> we were in Mason City. Okay, so you ended up at the wrong location. Yvette. Or, or he did. Yeah, well, he ended up not getting there in time at all. So I had to play the Soldier Creek Winery earlier in the day here in Fort Dodge. And then Caleb and I hopped in the car with his... Uh, Ooh, now fiance! Congratulations, Laura. They just got engaged. Congratulations! That was pretty cool. That's and then, sweet. Uh, yeah, just bought a house and everything. Oh dang! Fam damly in it. Yep. But uh, so yeah, I got done playing there, and we all three rode up to Mason City, and we took the long way because we thought we had enough time and everything. And so like I'm driving up around my part of the world, Morris Lake, and everything, and um, it turned out to be a really good day. And then by the time we got up there, all our beer was free. There was about 500 people. We were in oh, one of those little dome, like outside amphitheater things, yep. and we were the second to last band. So oh, wow. the crowd had already gathered, and it was a uh, Dan Tedesco. No, what's that guy's name? Dan Tedesco, Tedeschi, something like that. Anyway, he uh, was the what was it the Tedeschi Trucks band? Nope, the other guy. It must be Tedesco. Okay. Yeah, Dan Tedesco. He's a He's a folk artist. He's on like Iowa Public Radio quite a bit, but uh, he was the headliner for that night. So we followed a band that was pretty cool. They were like old timey, kind of bluegrassy. Yep. They all dressed the part. It was pretty neat. But um, when we got up there, we just freaking annihilated it. It was so much fun. Like the That's energy awesome. of all those people looking at us and like it was just starting to sprinkle a little bit, which is great because it was so hot. I was shirtless and sweating. And, yeah. You know, it was just. It was a great feeling, and then the second we got done, like, it started raining, and, like, raining hard, so it was like, okay, we were the headliners, unfortunately, but yeah. it's kind of a cool feeling, because everything just dispersed after that, so it was like, yeah. that was the memory for anyone that showed up that year. That's actually pretty sweet, man. Yeah. It's uh, one of those special moments. Did you know you were going to be playing in front of that many people? <laughs> no, I had no, we had no idea. We didn't even know where we were going, honestly, like, we were just like, we'll ask a gas station, they'll know, and... Sure enough, because it was a pretty big deal. There was a ton of people there. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Uh, you just go to where all the people are at, and, uh, uh, and that's where you guys are at. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, we come rolling in like a mess, because like I say, I had to play the winery first, so we got a little wine buzz on, and then, you know, drink on the way up there, because Laura's driving. Yep. God bless her. 
man. <laughs> man, next thing you know, it's a train wreck. Oh, and then the owner of the the bar up there, Fion, I've played up in um, Mason and Clear Lake area quite a few times, a bunch of bars up there. But um, he was like, hey, not not to throw you under the bus or anything here, man, sorry. But he was like, <laughs> hey, my wife's going to take the bar over. I still have the keys. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. Let's go. It's still technically my bar, but she's going to take it. So we've got all that inventory in there. I'm like, oh, goodness. Oh, dang. So we ended up going in there and drinking our weight in scotch and wild turkey. <laughs> and just because it was like a fine bourbon bar and everything. It was awesome. Like, it's the strangest thing. Some of the people that like us, like these hardcore Republicans, like Ann Meyer just won state Senate here. Yeah. Um, and she just loved us. She would come to like every other show. She, oh, every time wild. we played, she would just be there. And I'm like, yeah, how you doing, Ann? And Caleb's <laughs> like, you know, she's a Republican. And I'm like, she's a pretty cool person. So that just goes to show like I am very like non-political. Yeah. I, and so. That's a big part. You take all the politics out of it. And it's kind yeah. of crazy how you find out everybody's a pretty decent person or at least a lot of people. Yeah. I'm glad we're starting to get along again because for a while there, like you'd go to a show and you could watch people get tense, you know? Yeah. Like, stuff's coming up. The world's about to change. Yeah. I mean, uh, Three Finger Betty, we got a song called Great Again. And it's about um, how Trump... Uh, it's going to make the world great again, but it's all about how like bombs are falling and blah, 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 and walls are being built and yada, yada, oh, yada. Oh, sure, yeah. So it's kind of the opposite of being great, I guess, would be like the the introspective of the song. But like I introduce it sometimes, like, did you vote for Trump? And some people cheer. It's like, did you not vote for Trump? And some people cheer. It's like, I really don't care. Here's a song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't matter one way or the other. I just, we're, yeah. all, we're all here to have a good time. Yeah. And strangely enough, like, uh, yeah, so Anne had been following us around all summer. And like, she was, she was really good with her campaign, too, honestly. Like, I saw signs everywhere. But um, her uh, opponent, like, started coming around, too. And <laughs> at the winery, like, they were both standing there. And I'm like, I wonder if that's awkward for them. Like, if they're like, this is, you know, a battler, you know, like this is competition, you know, but they seem to get along just fine. And then, uh, like Caleb put on the opponent shirt. I had Ann Meyer's shirt on and we played the show and it was like, I don't know, November 1st or something. It was really, really close to the election. That's actually pretty Uh, awesome. You get get the duality even on stage going. Yeah. Cause people were like, Oh, Ann Meyer, you know, like you got your supporters and you got your haters and you know, for both sides. So Caleb's like, because her opponent was there, and she's like, I've got a T-shirt. Caleb's like, I'll wear it. So That's just, awesome. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything to us. Like, he's he's a pretty staunch Republican, likes guns. Hey, Caleb, I love you. <laughs> but uh, he's got a great dog, too, Reno. Hello, Reno. Sweet. I totally love other people's animals. Yeah. Oh, goody two-shoes. She tamed down. For yep. a while there, I thought she was going to claw you, man. I felt bad. Like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, uh, let's... God, there was another another question. I was oh, Rock and Picnic. You ever played the Rock and Picnic or been out there? Oh, is that the Humboldt? Yeah, I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever got my hat in the ring in time. So that uh, that might be something for you to look at. It seems like something we talk about on just about every podcast. And uh, I mean, because most of the people are from around the Humboldt area, and quite a handful about about half the people I've interviewed have been on. I was gonna the say, I think Jeremy's course. played it. Another brother of mine, Jeremy Ober, but um. And like Scott Kirkhart and those guys, like yep. Highway Seven, and yeah, yeah, it's just it's when you play music around the area, you can't help but find each other. So exactly, like all of us, just hell. I was getting drunk at Scott's house the other night, and it was just like, hey, we're musicians. This is our hour, you know. Yeah. So 
So I don't know. Like if uh, if, if I know Scott Dahl is probably listening to this, and if he is, there's uh, I'll I'll throw Blue Ribbon Ramblers at you for something to maybe <laughs> throw in there for next year if you're if you're looking for something off the cuff at the moment. Oh, I'd love it. I, I mean, yep, I really it, would. It's a hell of a show. I mean, you you do book a lot of shows, but this is usually like a Sunday afternoon type show. Oh, those are perfect. And uh, it's on Labor Day weekend. Cool. So there's no no Monday work for a lot of people. So I mean, like, you probably have a, a, a you'll probably have a show booked anyways because that's I mean you're a busy guy. But no, it, it's weird. Uh, it's hit or miss. You know, it's all in how hard you want to hit it. Looking for these gigs. Yeah. So they're they're nice when they come to you. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was a heck of a gig last year. Um, I I got asked to play, so I threw together a like a blues band for the show. Uh, we called it the Stockyard. Uh, Peter Stockdale Stockyard. Whatever. Very nice. But uh. I mean, Dan Blair played guitar. Nick Earhart played the bass for me, okay. and uh, Jeff Blummel played the drums for me. Oh, nice! So I had a, a you know a nice little mishmash of people from around the area. It was a pretty cool time, and uh, I mean it was it was awesome because we had a little bit of downtime between a couple of the bands, and they even had like a uh, Chris Carr even got back up there oh, and played sure. a little bit of acoustic. So I mean, it's just a heck of a good show. I mean, it, God, that'd be fun. Yeah, if I'm not doing anything, I'm there. Yeah, if nothing else, it's totally worth. Totally worth checking out for sure. Trying to break into a bait, like I don't want a big stage or anything. I just want to get into the a bait rally for free. You know, with yeah. all that used to be in Humboldt and all yeah, that. Yeah, that, so. that used to be in Humboldt. That was a huge deal. But I was, I was just a little too young to ever go to it when it was in Humboldt. Uh, I'm too scared to. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I heard all those gnarly stories. My, uh, my family likes motorcycles. My aunt and uncle, Larry and Donna. Hey guys. Um, yeah. They, I don't think they've missed a rally in like 40 years. To be completely honest. Oh geez. Crazy like that. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd even hear stories from some of my older friends where it's like, oh, I went down there and mouthed off to a guy, and someone, you know, came over and they were they were gonna get after it, and I was, somebody else had to jump in there and be like, hey, give him a free pass on this one, you know? Yeah, he he's a local, he ain't bright. Yeah, he <laughs> didn't mean to say that to you. He didn't know who these people were, you know? It's like, jeez. Uh huh. Yeah, and who wants to be anywhere where you got to watch your tongue because I got a potty mouth. Yeah, especially a, like it's a giant party atmosphere and you got to watch your tongue. It's like, oh eh. god, yeah, and it's dark out. You don't know nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man. So you play uh, guitar. Have you ever played any other instruments? I I know when you said you play live, you play what else? Uh, the harmonica. I used to bang on a cajon and a tambourine. Now I just use um, a suitcase drum kit and a tambourine. And then I uh, used to have an egg shaker with a bandana around it on my toes. Cause that yep. Yeah, and then, uh, God, let's see, a little bit of banjo. I'm not going to say I play it a lot, but we did try amplifying it on our drunken band craft days. Like, nice. Hey, let's amplify this banjo, and then you can actually do something. That's pretty sweet. Haven't actually done something. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the like all the little percussive things around you, do you ever mic those up? or? Yep. Uh, yep, we just started doing that really well. Brad, once again, guru of sound, like he's come to figure out he's got some mixer now so he's recording like as we go so we'll yep. hopefully have a live from everywhere album here pretty soon just take the best takes and Dude, master all that so sweet and then just kind of throw you know like a hey here's props to you know this was at iowa falls 503 and this is you know i've been pushing for people to do that because even to get just a generic live yeah, recording isn't that hard yep exactly and uh that's kind of like how i got started doing this uh a buddy of mine, Clint Blomker, the guy that plays drums in my bands, he like religiously records live everywhere he plays, and nice. he just records his band, usually the other bands too. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna do that, but I'll do the video for it. Even so better. I started to do that, and then we s smash them together, and we started making videos for Three Finger Betty. 
Oh, hell, you want to make some Blue Ribbon Ramblers? I mean, I'd totally come down oh, and catch awesome. one of you guys' show sometime. We've been uh, talking about that, too, because it's like, for just pure energy, you know? So it, yeah. the live thing is our way to go anyway. Like, put us uh-huh. in the studio, and it's probably going to just die. But I mean, uh, we, the crazy part about this is if he's got two outputs on his uh, mixer, he can just put them into this interface unit and record it all to a laptop from there perfect yeah because so. he's got this big old i have no idea like 23 channel freaking mixer thing that oh, we geez. went in and bought he's got his own dead road music company oh, uh, sweet. he's gonna do some recordings like he's he uh well brutal republic played the pipeline protest party uh-huh. at uh, fort dodge so brad set up sound and recorded some of those takes and yeah on 92.1 um the local station here they yep. got the regional rock hour and yep so one of brad's takes is on there from that and then some of our takes from the live recordings so it's it's we're finally like this is the second time i've ever talked to anybody <laughs> about yeah. my music so well, this is this is kind of cool thank well, you for well, yeah well you guys definitely deserve to get it out there because your, your your music's freaking good, man. Well, thank you. Uh, we got to give a shout out to Mason for mentioning oh, for the, sure. the regional rock hour. You bet. I see that guy at every area show I go to. He's he's another one of those supporters. Like he's out there doing the damn thing, trying to trying yeah. to help others and himself because he's in a band as well. And yeah. I, I mean, that's one of the reasons I started doing this was because he did the regional rock hour. I said that is like the coolest idea ever. Um, I mean. In all honesty, I don't know what the legality rights for who owns what is, but they should like take that and throw that on a podcast oh. to make that easily listenable. I agree because uh, if you it. can't catch it, you know, because like we, we played uh, three songs, like it, that's another cool story. Uh, we the first time I ever talked to anybody about my music, uh, standing there with Jordan and Brad, waiting on Caleb. He shows up and he looks like he just ran a marathon. He's like sweaty and red and shit. And uh, yeah. like Jordan goes, sure, right, man? And he's like, I just fucking proposed to Laura. And I was oh. like, Whoa. <laughs> So we all erupted and it's like, you know, we got a minute and a half to get his gear set up and get up. But it didn't matter because it was so freaking cool. That's wild. But yeah, so this is this is really nice. I, I appreciate you guys supporting us like that. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I mean... There's so many people around the area that do a, a very good job of supporting people. And I mean, like uh, Bob Minter, he's come up oh, a couple yeah. times. Yeah, uh, Steve Vett from Belmont. Yep, and he does uh, Code Zero Radio. Yeah. That's uh, internet radio. Yeah, he, so, vet, so he recorded my first ever. I was like, Bob, uh, I got a couple of songs. I heard you have a studio. And he's like, sure. So I went down in his basement and like, I was banging on a, <laughs> I was banging on a paint can that was inside of a PBR box because I didn't have a cajon at the time, but I oh, had a crazy. drum pedal and then uh, just my egg shaker. So he's like, okay, we'll just mic your feet and I've got this whatever mic right here. Just go for it. And it was like, you know, one take. Yeah, just, man. Just hope for it and see what happens. But it was kind of a neat experience. Yeah. Like you say, there's a bunch of people around. You just, you don't see them. Yeah. And I feel like we all got our, our fingers in a slightly different pie. Like Mason does, radio radio yep and bob does internet radio and i've got a podcast and i feel like everybody kind of does what we do and we all support each other and kind of steer clear of yeah and like uh kurt kaufman over at junior's motel you know he's like he's like true deal studio like that's my occupation that's you know that's dedication into itself exactly i uh i went over there when the dark mirror guys there's a abandoned des moines there's a metal band that the drummer clint blumker that my buddy played in and they recorded an album out there, and so yeah. I actually got to spend some time out there. It was really cool to experience that too, to see uh, 
how awesome that place actually was uh or is i guess cause yeah like that rock silo tower he's building out there that's pretty cool i, I haven't seen it i've oh, been out yeah. there in a while it looks like he's making a castle it's crazy oh, no way yeah. i'll have to i'll have to drive by there and check it out oh. next time i'm driving kind of through that area um what like for folk music you get you have like a whole bunch of different options to play um I guess those like odd percussive things. Like you get your yeah. little, you said you had like an egg shaker and all those other kind of yeah, things. Yeah, like uh, Mr. Zam around here, Mike Zam, he comes around and he's got a dancing cow. Like there's a percussive cow. It's just this like what? wooden toy <laughs> and its arms and legs just kind of dangle and then he's got a plank. So he, huh. just, so he just makes the cow dance on this plank and it's like. Oh, that's and, crazy. Yeah, that's... and he plays the washboard with a tin cup on it and like. So I'm meeting some really cool people out here. That's wild. That's super cool. And it's all because of that jam. Like they they find me, which is awesome. Even even cooler, man. That is sweet. I uh, saw something recently on the internet where a guy had uh, taken a a boot like you got there, and he took the took the heel off, hollowed it out, put a microphone on the inside and a quarter inch jack on it. Oh, that's awesome. And then, and then all he'd have to do is just tap his heel, and it would make a the heel tap sound. Oh, I'm doing that. Do it. Yeah, I'm I, doing that. I mean, it wouldn't take almost anything to do that. I mean, <sighs> if I mean, heck, if you, if you need help wiring one up, I'll do it for you. I mean, like, Honestly, yeah, man. I got a pair of boots right here. I'm <laughs> not kidding. Like, let's get this done. Oh, man. But I've seen so many crazy things, like, because uh, folk music's not something I play a whole lot of, but I've seen dudes... Uh, tap on like a wooden block before oh, yeah yep those things are coming around pretty big yeah, just those amplified yeah yeah because they've got their own tones like i had one for a little while it just didn't feel like i don't want to say organic but it didn't feel organic enough yeah, that, makes, you know makes sense like there wasn't the delay of the you know the pedal coming onto the drum and the actual like you know it just didn't feel right so yeah. i got rid of it right away and the second i did I was like, oh, that was so much easier than hauling this like cajon around and a yeah. pedal. And yeah. So, but so, yeah. So, what are some of the odder things you've used? Because you uh, were talking about uh, a paint can and a beer box. Oh yeah, was, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So. Just, uh, just honestly, like I think folk Americana in general is like you make do with what you got. You yeah. know, like that's like those old box guitars. I've I've been trying this cigar box guitar, but it's fretless and it's a slide. And yeah, but I got me a PBR neck, so I should. Oh, if nothing sweet. else, the slide is awesome, but my yeah, playing dude. is not very good. That's cool. I got a banjo, but it's a uh, like I say, <laughs> it's it's played, but it's not played. Yeah, yep. well, I definitely would have to say that folk music was kind of that whatever you got laying around the house, use it. Because I mean. Why else would you be playing with spoons and a washboard? You exactly. know, because it's just like that's just what they had. So. Yeah, it's the it's the working man's music. Exactly, I I totally dig that. What kind of draws you to that? Like, what drew you to it originally? Uh, I would I'd probably say Bob Dylan. I just I always appreciated him, but I didn't listen to it. And then when I started, you know, like, hey, it's okay to be sensitive. Like, be a sensitive biker. Go out there and write poetry, and yeah, you know, try and talk polite and be charming. And I realized he's been doing that that whole time. When I thought he was just, you know, making something to listen to, and then you got a little after that first exposure, you just start learning. Like then discovering John Prine and stuff. It's yep. like, oh God, yeah, I want to be that troubadour that walking around letting the world know who i am for a minute and then getting somewhere else yeah um i mean i feel like that's one of the uh 
it's it's so weird to say this because it's become like an internet cliche to say this, but it's like the humble brag of the musician. Like yeah. we want to go out there, we want to stand in front of you and get like just a yeah. tiny bit of the limelight for just a little bit of your time, and then just kind of go away to the next place and yeah. Because it's not like even when we're on set breaks, it's not like walking around, look at me, look at me. But when you're on stage, it's like I really hope you're looking at me because I have something I think of value and yeah, you know and. Hopefully, you don't get all those great venues like Byron's, but every now and then someone walks up to you and their favorite song of the whole night was, you know, one you wrote four years ago. And you're like, well, OK, I thought you would have liked, you know, because we'll do I like big butts with the acoustics. And, yeah. You know, yeah. And that's a crowd pleaser. Oh, but, yeah. But it's really nice when, like, you know, the 65 year old man walks up and surprises you by enjoying your words. Yeah, exactly. I mean. I mean, you run the risk of doing that with like a cover band of having people enjoy the covers so much that it yeah. o- overshadows the yeah, originals, it's like, and that's it's like you're not doing it right. It's it, like, oh. Yeah, and I mean, I I think that would be the blessing and the curse of doing the mixed cover and original band would be sometimes your songs would blend in with some of those songs and people would, wouldn't even know. They'd be like, oh, what was this song? You're like, oh, I wrote that one. And they're like, no, yeah, totally. Yeah. But other times people would just be like, oh, th- these were all covers, you know, and they would yeah. just, they would just think it and walk away, you know, and that's, that's kind of the curse of it all, you know? Yeah. Like yeah we, and I've learned like early on not to make a set list because there's no point in it. You know, if yeah. you try to tell 40 people, what they should listen to at that particular moment. You're not going to make them all happy. You're not going to make half of them happy. So it's just kind of walk in, feel it out, and just know a whole lot of music. Phone call. (laughs) It probably was telling me my health insurance is up. (laughs) Joke's on them. I don't have any. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you don't do a whole lot of stuff online, so you don't have have Facebook? Uh, No. uh, My band runs the Facebook, and I guess they do a piss-poor job of it. <laughs> Way to go, band! It's out there though. No, I, I I just recently liked it. Your uh, bassist got in contact with me. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, thank you for that, Brad. But no, I'm giving them a hard time. But everywhere we go, people do that. They're like, "Hey, man, you fucking need to do something with your Facebook." Like, I don't even know where you're at next week. And it's like, "Oh, well, I'll tell them because I don't have internet." So uh, running that social media is almost like a full time job. I I actually just got a scholarship to run some social media for uh the college I'm at Iowa Central that I'm going to right on and so like even running that I've found is uh it's it's kind of labor intensive because I, I run that one and I I do the audible farm and I'm helping run one for three finger Betty and uh, a couple other bands have inquired you know about helping oh, yeah. me helping them run theirs because it's it is kind of a, a daunting task um I, I also feel like once you kind of get the hang of it, it's it's pretty easy. Yeah, you can get done in five minutes what would have taken me a day. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that just comes down to whoever's doing it, I guess, though, too. Yeah. So maybe that's the blessing of you not doing it. Is you, don't, <laughs> you don't even have to worry about spending hours on online. Oh, it's a real thing. That and I don't... I don't know if like people troll small-time musicians at all, but I'm sure we've got some detractors out there, you know? Like yeah. you don't meet that many people and not piss someone off. So, I'd hate to read those where it crush my little soul. Yeah. Uh I mean it's it's tough. I was a couple podcasts in and had a couple people um say a few things about the podcast uh, on social media and it was what? like, "Oh, god dang, dude, I'm only like two episodes into this. <laughs> yeah, you're like, already you're already mad about something. I don't know what you're mad about, but I haven't even stretched and if you don't like it, just fucking stop listening." Yeah, I don't know. Like 
it's just i'm just someone with a megaphone on the internet just like everyone else go you know I don't yeah know. no doubt and he's like well i am a poor miserable human being who has nothing else to do so yeah, we're even pretty much <laughs> yeah i guess uh when i was younger i was i was a lot that way though i was super full of piss and vinegar on the internet and i was just oh, like really yeah i was and now i'm so much calmer i think it's because through most of my 20s i was so high strung it's just like all right let's Stop sending hate mail to yeah. the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just got to tone it down a little bit. But I did see you guys got a Facebook. I I haven't dug too deep into your band's social media. I do know you also have a, a SoundCloud account that has some of your audio on it. Yep, and then I think there's an Instagram that you can follow. Oh, sweet. And uh, Caleb's totally in charge of that one. I think the boys... Um, sometimes I'm even like a ghostwriter for the Facebook page. I'll send Brad a picture because I've got a track phone, but it yep. does take pictures. So nice. I'll take a picture of Goody Two Shoes or something who hasn't meowed for a while. I'm wondering if anything's all right. But um, scared of me? Chances are. <laughs> <laughs> You're a scary man. Scary, scary <laughs> man. But, uh, so, um, yeah, I'll just I'll send him like, hey, come check it out. Goody Two Shoes will be there with bells on, you know, and just, you know, just random things like that. And that'll make its way on there but otherwise it's all brad and jordan's wit you know that's actually some of the beauty of that stuff because when i run out of ideas to post stuff sometimes the teachers at iowa central will send me a a message and be like hey put this online with this quote and you know they don't have the time to do it because they're teaching and they're correcting stuff and it's like well heck i'm just sitting in between classes i'll do it It takes me two seconds Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes that's nice to have that little line of communication to be Hey, you do this real quick for me. All right, sweet. And then yeah. they can they could just like how nice would a manager be? Oh god. Oh man. You know, yeah. like somebody that just says, "Okay, this is where you're gonna be. This is what they're paying you. Get there by this time." <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Thank that's you. some that's something a lot of people don't think about. Like, uh, you got to be in a band. You got to find people you get along with. You got to play music that everybody likes. And then no, no, nobody's got a manager, so everybody's got to dole out responsibilities oh, for the yeah. man. Because you said you got one guy's the sound guy, and yeah, one, someone else does the internet stuff, and and you're one crazy. of the main songwriters. So everybody's yeah. got like a little bit of a different oh, and part they got of jobs resp- and you know families and responsible shit. So it's like, oh fuck, Caleb, can you make it? And he's like, oh, I'm drumming with Brutal. It's like, okay, let's try this without. So we've played every combination known to Christ. Like yeah, just Brad and I, just me and Jordan, just uh, you know the three of us on strings. Like last Saturday, and then uh, like um, just me and Caleb. But that's that's honestly one of the fun ones when it's just Caleb and I because yeah, like I don't. Because I'm not a very good guitar player, and so, like, if I fuck up, I had some really good advice once, like, nobody knows unless you tell them. Yeah. But, um, so, like, if I fuck up with other people who are playing the right chords, I really look like I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, when it's just me and Caleb, if I'm screwing up, like, it's it's just roll through it because it's drums and my guitar. Yeah. I do feel like not having a rhythm section would be a lot of fun um, to play that way, but I also feel like it would be very difficult because now your strings have to be the rhythms. Yep, start feeling naked, you yeah, know. Yeah, man, totally. But once I started out as just this uh, one-man band, it was it was always the hardest thing I'm finding writing songs now is like, I've got this phenomenal band, so like I need to leave space for Jordan to just noodle a little bit or like a decent bass line or something. Because before it was always just... You know, if you got a dead spot, you're not going to wow them with your three-chord strumming. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, yeah. so, so get through the lyrics, make them flow, and, you know, it's just continuous. So they, they seemed pretty short for a while, like two-and-a-half-minute songs, and then yeah. now I'm writing, like, four-minute songs and beyond just because 
I got a band. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that's kind of cool to see how the music changes uh, just by virtue of who's around you because you need to give them a little bit of space to breathe as well. Oh, uh, for real. Yeah, and like this, they've they've affected the sound. Like we wouldn't sound like this without Brad around and certainly wouldn't sound like this without Caleb as our drummer because there's, there's some phenomenal drummers around, but Caleb's got his own, you know? Yeah, totally. I, uh, I got, I got to get out to one of your guys' shows. Yeah, please do. I'm super stoked about this. Oh, we'll be playing the ugly sweater, um, sneakers December 22nd. I think that's our next close one. Sweet. Uh, what other shows you got coming up? Um, Like I said, this is coming out Thursday, so. Let's see. Pretty much anything in December. Oh, strangely enough, my birthday is, uh, this Sunday. I'll be turning 41 and the owner, Neil, of, uh, Brass Monkey and um, Fireside used to be Buck's Fireside there yep. in Fort Dodge. Well, he's turning forty-one no on way. my birthday, no, and last cool. year we were well, we were both turning forty, and I played his birthday party, and that's how we found out. I was like, "You're, you're serious, right now is your birthday?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Me too, man." And this is that's like gnarly. Supposed to happen, and then it turns out he plays a little guitar. I think he's like Australian or something. Oh, cool. But yeah, uh, he freaking. So he's got that nice, like, island strum to him and soft voice, but he's this big man. It's awesome. That's sweet. That's uh, cool. So I'm going to play down there uh, at the fireside on the 7th. I'm going to take this weekend off and just enjoy turning old. And uh, let's see. Then we've got, well, we were going to be up in Fairmont, but that kind of fell through. So I'm going to be at Fuel and Clarion on the 21st. Sweet. And every Tuesday, come on over to Barnum. Um you never know who's gonna show up. It's it's one of those we keep going until we can't. Yeah, I was I was totally looking forward to coming out to uh, the Tuesday jam you guys had, and I had got bogged down with a little bit of homework, you know. And happens. I'm, I'm trying my best to balance everything and do it all the right way this time. Cause, dude, I went to college once when I was out of high school and just totally messed it up. So. Oh, you and me too. Yeah. Well, I waited till I was like 23, but I still just fucked it up. Yeah, I know. Uh, this is coming out of my pocket, so I'm not gonna mess this mm-hmm. up. You know, I'm not gonna mess this up this time. So good on you. So, so either way, um, anything else you want to plug before we take off? Uh, mention any other bands? Uh, uh, anything else really no just uh man there's a whole lot of friends and family out there that really really pushed me to do this and i thank them for it and i'm not swinging a hammer again the rest of my life i'm gonna <laughs> just walk off to the world and die when the time comes because i imagine once the music's done everything else is too yeah totally man i appreciate you coming on the podcast thank you so much for spending some time with me and I everybody else it. it's great to meet you man thank absolutely. you absolutely yeah, what'd you think of that one? That was a real good podcast. Uh, loved sitting down talking with Clint. Uh, he's a real nice guy. Man, I gotta make it to one of his shows sometime. I think you guys should too. You should definitely check them out online. I got some of their stuff in this, the descriptions down below. Uh, you can you know click on their Facebook link, listen to some of their stuff on SoundCloud. Uh, definitely try and make it out to one of their shows. I gotta make it to one of those jam nights. I've uh, yet to make it to, well, any jam nights, any you know, anyhow. But I, uh, I definitely need to make it to one of those. Uh, you know, I just got to involve myself a little bit more in the music community. I mean, not that a podcast is not involvement, but man, I just love getting out there and playing music. That's uh, first and foremost, even above the podcast. But uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, let me know what you thought of the podcast. Drop a comment somewhere, YouTube, uh, whether or not you're listening on SoundCloud or you know, shoot us a line on twitter at audible farm we're also on facebook as audible farm we're on instagram as audible farm as well so just uh follow us on any of those social media platforms if you'd like and uh 
give us some contact let us know what you thought of the podcast uh if anybody has been listening to all the podcasts you've maybe noticed there's a little bit of a mixing issue with a couple of them i'm gonna go back and try and fix them i'm still kind of trying to figure out what uh the best way to go about mixing a couple of the podcasts are because some of the audio levels weren't as good as i was hoping they were going to be but that's neither here nor there i just want to say thanks again for everybody uh tuning into this one uh we've got some pretty awesome numbers coming in lately i've had at least one podcast listen every day for the last month so that's pretty awesome i appreciate it uh thanks everybody for that thanks to everybody in the state and out of the state that's tuning in I've got a couple people from out of the country that are tuning in every week. I appreciate that very much. Thank you to everybody in Canada and Ireland for tuning in. Uh, Much appreciated. I hope you guys are enjoying this as much as I'm enjoying it. I'm having a blast. So everybody in Iowa and the surrounding states and uh, the surrounding countries, I guess, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, We'll catch you next week. Thanks a lot.